Hey, Calvary family, this is Johnny here. I just wanted to give you a heads up before the podcast starts that my mic cut out at the end of a few of my sentences, and we are going to just leave it as is and just give you some creative freedom to decide how you want to finish my sentences. (laughs) Just joking. Anyways, it was a great conversation. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Cheyenne? Oh my gosh, this is terrible. <laughs> it's not my name. <laughs> he calls me Cheyenne. That's, Cheyenne. That's I thought he said shame. I no, thought he, he said you. Cheyenne. That's no, who you are. He's pretty convinced that that is what yes, I look yes, like. I look like a <laughs> Cheyenne. You clearly do. It's the purple hair, isn't it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> Welcome to This is Calvary. My name is Johnny, and I am one of the pastors here at Calvary. As you all know right now, we are in the midst of limited in-person Christian fellowship, and it stinks. So this podcast was created to provide you all with a place to find encouragement, camaraderie, and practical steps for spiritual encouragement. Our first series in this podcast is how to spiritually survive a global pandemic. Today, I'm excited to welcome Nigel Pierre, who is our director for middle school discipleship, and also Becky Corset, a ministry associate for family ministries. I also have my partner in crime here, Pastor Gerald Heestand. Gerald and I have actually been working together for 10 years and we have built a good enough relationship that we can give each other hard time and jabs during elder meetings and still <laughs> like each other. Is that fair, Gerald? That's fair. Very fair. That's fair. Very fair. <laughs> right. So glad to have you all join us. I think this is going to be a great podcast. Excited to get into it. So, Gerald, why don't you go ahead and get us going? I will say, Johnny, that uh, as I mentioned last night in the elder meeting, that I've learned that insulting you... Um, you can start that fight. It's just hard to finish the fight. It's <laughs> never good to start insulting Johnny because he usually gets the best last word. I Any just case. thought it was a game we were playing. Yeah, and right, I was supposed yeah. to play back. I quit. I quit. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, so great to have Becky, Nigel, uh, you guys with us today. Um, been looking at uh, you know, families with small children, families with students. Now we're focusing on singles. And uh, why don't you start us off? Just tell us a little bit about your you know, your life, your situation, um, just give us a little bit of a picture of what, what kind of your living context is, and then we'll kick it over to Nigel and get going. Yeah, so I graduated from North Park University. I feel like you always need to plug your college in, yeah, uh, in December, um, and started working here at Calvary in February. Um, I live with my family, my mom, my dad, and my two siblings, um, and when I say siblings, I mean like little siblings. My sister is nine and my brother seven. So it's quite a difference. Um, but yeah, so I've been, you know, just trying to cope with living with little children, but also being an adult. Okay. Becky has missed out just kind of an important detail oh, no. into her story. Um, she had 
a pretty amazing youth pastor, right? <laughs> I think it was. I do. I honestly talk about him all the time, but in the sense of <laughs> he ditched me halfway through my senior year. Oh. So that was that was yeah, a problem. Painful. Yeah, painful. let's forget that part of the story. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I interrupted. It's but it's, I mean, I guess it was fine the other three and a half years. <laughs> and Nigel, uh, talk to us about your situation. Uh, I go to Moody Bible Institute. I'm a junior right now. Um, got a, like a year or so left. You're uh, the old man on your floor, though. Less uh, people are imagining you as a, you know, 21 year old. Yeah, I'm a, a very handsome looking uh, young <laughs> man. I'm just saying what everybody's thinking. Um, right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, but it's a good experience <laughs> with the young people. Um, they think I have wisdom. I just stole it from Gerald. I just say it's mine. <laughs> it makes me look good. But right now, I have an apartment with my brother on the west side. Um, we grew up together. I was previously taking care of my mom at her apartment downtown, but she's better now. She has a nursing lady coming in, so that's my situation. Okay, great. So um, let's let's ask this. So we're you know the global global pandemic kind of gets going back in March. We've been at it now for you know six months or more, and uh, there's been some shifts through there. Obviously with in March, it was still pretty cold. Everybody's inside. Then you get the summer months, which we're still kind of getting the tail end of and a, lot of, a little more socializing. But what would you say, uh, Becky, start with you, but like what would you say is working uh, during, what is working during this uh, kind of season? What feels like it's working? That's a great question. What is working? No, um, I think just... I mean, being able to get out. I know it was cold in March, but it like quickly got warm enough where I was able to just go outside or just go to Michigan and hang out on, at my uncle's place or just, you know, try to get away and have quiet, um, which is something I need because it can get very loud in our house. You're living at home and you've I'm got a family context, right? So yeah. it's maybe different than someone's, you know, some other singles are living by themselves in an apartment somewhere. Yeah, right? I mean, so what's working is that I have people around me, which is great. And I am able to be with family, which is awesome. And I'm super grateful for that. Uh, and I mean, not having to do everything on my own. I know for my sister, I mean, particularly the quarantine, like, you know, you're two weeks in and you haven't seen a human being. Right. You know? Yeah. So I know for her it was like, I haven't gone out at all. I've ordered in all my food and yeah, it feels pretty weird. It's like, especially if you're living alone. Yeah. Nigel, how about you? What do you feel like it's been working last um, number of months? There was like initial anxieties when the thing first kicked off because it was, I would think I was less concerned with my safety, but like, if I get sick, I can get my mom sick. Or if I go see my grandmother, I can get her sick. Yeah. So there was like this immediate social distancing thing that I just embraced just for the safety of my family. But then I saw, I don't know, like the Lord kind of gave me some peace that I don't have to be so worried about it, but still be cautious. Um, so after a while, when the months went on, I was able to get back around family members. That's been that's been pretty good. I think what's been working is waking up in the morning, quiet times. Um, that's been like really big for me. Just trying to stay consistent in that. Um, trying to be consistent in exercise. 
just little things that impact your day to day and um, kind of keep you orderly. So what would you guys, um, what would you say has, is not working? Like what's been a drop off that's been hard to, that's just kind of like, it's just, it's just been hard throughout, you know, you would try and do our best, but what's been a difficulty? Lack of quiet times. <laughs> I mean, at least for me, because I'm in still living with my family of just like, there's only so many places in my house that I can actually sit and yeah, get up at like four in the morning. And that's absolutely not happening. 100% <laughs> not happening. Uh, I need my sleep. Um, and so like finding the ideal time for that to happen, um, where I like, if I'm in the basement, I don't hear pounding feet upstairs or, you know, yeah. So just the quiet time and then the lack of, I'm just so extroverted that I need people. And I love my family, but I just need friends, too, and people my people age. People besides your family? Yeah, like. <laughs> people my age, and just, like, you know, time spent with friends. So the lack of, the, the lack of kind of your social network, kind of yes. just being so available, that's been the hard part. Yeah. Yeah. One thing it's interesting to recognize for both of you is that, Becky, you came on just before <laughs> the... A shelter in place was officially started, and then Nigel, you kind of came in in the midst of it. Um, we were in just going into phase three, so still pretty limited in what you can do as you're trying. I mean, you knew a lot of the students already because you've been volunteering in the student ministries for a while, but I imagine that had to be quite the challenge for both of you. Uh, so much of the energy and ideas we have come from collaboration you know, in the hallways. or imagine that was hard for both of you kind of coming on staff and immediately, you know, having limitations. So I don't know if either one of you can kind of speak to that as far as like what was not working and the challenges. Uh, I, I mean, I always make the joke because I started February 1st, right? And we went into quarantine in March and my main role was event coordinator. That's right. <laughs> and, but I, I guess just like really figuring out what my role was because I literally did Calvary Connect once and then we shut down. Uh, so that was inter interesting. But yeah, I guess that was another thing of like uncertainty of like, I'm sitting at home and I don't know what to do because yeah. my job is, I can't do it. So yeah, that was that was hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's been kind of frustrating. Like, because I have been volunteering in the ministry and the kids were able to come into the building we had all these activities and all these um, places that we traveled and all of that was like kind of shut down. And that's been like frustrating. Cause I got like a personality type where I just want to have things controlled and it felt like the control got taken away. And that kind of like just threw everything, all my expectations off. And that's been really kind of hard making the, the adjustments. Now, I'm grateful for the adjustments, but I'm still like kind of discontent over why we had to change. Yeah, I mean, I've been in ministry, I don't know. 15 some years and it was hard for me to kind of adjust to the limitations you know you assume all these opportunities you have to gather people and when that's taken away so I can imagine you know coming into it and having that challenge right away so how do you feel like your guys' experiencing you know, are kind of comparing up with your friends or people that you know that are kind of in the same stage of life like what would you how would you describe kind of life as a single in this in this season. Back Nigel? You, start with you again. Oh, me again? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think 
I mean, as I said before, I'm extroverted. And so that lack of fellowship with others was hard for me. But then starting to hear from introverted friends that they were missing the like even fellowship. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that was like super interesting. And like they, I mean, them being at home or, you know, in their apartments and not having people to hang out with was also super hard. And I'm sure at first they were like, this is the best thing ever. It's exactly what I wanted, stay at home all day. But then after a while, you can only take so much. It's like after five months, they looked up and they're like, I, I, think, I, I think I miss people. Right. <laughs> Didn't I have friends? <laughs> yeah. Nigel, what are, you, what, are you, what are you hearing on the street, as it were? Well, I really don't appreciate how you just talked about my life. <laughs> oh, introverted <laughs> I'm, I'm Nigel. That's you. You're the introverted person. <laughs> painted my picture. Thank you. Um, yeah, uh, initially, it was like, I'm fine, cool, there's no humans around, I'm great. <laughs> and then... Until there wasn't. And then there was no See, humans. See, so you just... And it was like... Exactly what I said. I miss... <laughs> like, I took for granted the fact that you can hug people when you meet them. Mm. I'm not really a hugger, yeah. but it was like, I really want to hug somebody right now. Yeah. And there's nobody to hug, because they might get me sick or something. Mm. So it was like, that really hit me deep, um, just taking for granted normal, common interactions and it made me want it more it made me value it more and that I didn't value it before um and I found myself like binge watching Netflix like a lot and I don't really watch TV but it's like there was nothing to do so I might as well just watch this show all day (laughs) um but as far as like uh from an emotional standpoint I was pretty cool it didn't really affect me that much it probably was like some subtle effects but I was able to move forward. But some of my other friends who deal with emotions differently, like it was impacting them in a negative way. And they were missing the human interactions to a point where it was just putting them down into discouragement. And it kind of made me think outside myself, like how other people deal with stuff. Yeah, I think for those of us who are living with families, whether, you know, Becky in your situation or those of us, um, you know, maybe are married with kids or whatever. Like that is a different deal. Like when you come home to a house full of people, you, it is, it's, it's different than like friend interaction or peer interaction, but it is still human interaction. You're hugging people. You can, you know, like there's an, there's an embrace there that, um, I think is genuinely missed by folks that just don't have those kind of, uh, networks anymore in place. Um, I think it's interesting real quick, just the, and, the kind of personality descriptions of extroverted, introverted are probably simplistic, too simplistic in one level. But at another level, it's interesting to think about to identify as introverted is in the context of busyness oftentimes. Right. Noise. Like what's the baseline? Yeah. So because of the busyness and noise, like your introvertedness feels sharper and the, the need to have your own quiet space and I think it's interesting that when you have all that quietness and space then you're like am I introverted or not all of a sudden I want to have a I want someone to hug me I want to talk to someone it's just it's just interesting to think about in that context it it, it maybe allows us it's like the terms of objective and subjective those aren't the most helpful (laughs) terms right? right you know introverted extroverted you know those are maybe helpful categories at one level again but I think the quarantine allowed us to maybe nuance more what it means to be introverted. At one level, the introverted need the space, the quietness. But then when you're like given it in spades, 
I'm like, okay, well, maybe not that much. Right. <laughs> I still need that human interaction. Yeah, and I wonder, too, if that even just, like, kind of what is the normal baseline by which you measure whether you or another is introverted right. or extroverted. Like, that shifts, I wonder, even, like, in age demographics, right? So, like, you, like, if you're a high school kid and you're not out, like, three nights a week, you, you don't feel extroverted, right? But, like, if you're a you're out three nights a week as a week as a married person you feel like you're just like way over the top extroverted right so it's kind of just it depends a bit on like what your uh your baseline yeah what your starting point is yeah. reminded uh Dietrich Bonhoeffer he wrote he wrote a, a little bit in uh cost of discipleship where he says I'm paraphrasing now but like the man who can't be alone with himself yeah and then he says something like basically has problems I don't know what it is and the man who can't be uh without um, a crowd also has problems. Like you, you, you have to be able to like both be with people and be alone with yourself. Like mm. there's, a, there's a balance in there uh, that is, uh, that's healthy. And the, the pandemic kind of now slants us towards a particular side. Life kind of without the pandemic slants us towards the other side, you know? So there's kind of both of these things going on that reveal a little bit of our own proclivities and wirings. All right, let's talk a little bit about like spiritual disciplines. What are you guys feeling like spiritual disciplines are looking like for you guys? And, and I'm asking this question maybe particular to like this season of COVID. So um, if you feel like you've had to adjust your kind of rhythms spiritually in light of COVID. I don't think I had to make adjustments, just stay consistent um, with spiritual disciplines that I have in place, like um, shutting off, uh, just not watching the internet like YouTube, at a certain time, like cutting it off, um, keeping up, like exercise, keeping myself active, uh, staying productive throughout the day, um, little things like helping homeless people, like stop thinking about myself and just help people out, um, trying to be more kinder to people. I can be kind of mean, um, so just watching myself. <laughs> I've often said that to others about um, you, Nigel. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I can't overstate the importance of quiet times in the morning. Um, sometimes I think we wait to get into quiet times like in the afternoon or a later time, but by that time you've already been going through battle with the enemy and just frustrations with maybe people around you or whatever you're dealing with throughout the day. But if you, you start in the morning in God's presence, that's what gives you the energy to push through it, to go through that battle. But that's just one reason for quiet times. So I don't wanna just say use the, the Bible for like protection and battle but you also get to just hear your father talk to you mm -hmm. and you're just in his presence. And that gives you just, I don't know, like motivation just to continue, just to be happy. And you, you morning quiet times were, were part of your routine before the pandemic, yeah. right? And so um, you kind of rolled through with that. Mm -hmm. and, I, and maybe I'm not even having a question here, but just to underscore like the, uh, the rhythm already being in place gives it its staying power, right, right, through this season, rather than trying to all of a sudden start doing quiet times in the midst of a global pandemic. Like, not that that can't be done and encourage others to do it, but but to have it already in the rhythms, you know, that's uh, that's been good. Yeah, good. having the rhythm of quiet times and the ideology behind it, whereas, okay, this is a habit, but the habit functions as X, you know what I mean? Like, the habit is function to keep me sustained throughout the day as I deal with certain things that may come against me. So let's let's pause on this then for a second. And let's say, you know, there's 
I mean, there's not going to be just singles listening. There's going to be lots of people listening. But they're like, ah, you know, I go to church once a month. I got a small group. I listen to K-Love, you know, when I <laughs> drive home sometimes. Perfect. Like, what Like what do I, I, you know, I try to get a verse of the day on Facebook or something. Like, <laughs> like what, what would be your response to that, right? Like, why is that not entirely sufficient? Um, why the kind of the personal quiet time? What, what's the driver on that? I think Jesus said it best that man cannot live by bread alone. Like, what is he saying there? Like, we can have all the physical food that we need, but if you don't have that spiritual food feeding your soul, there's a problem. You're going to be um, just empty. You're going to be hungry. And if you keep feeding yourself things that's not good for the soul, I don't know, you're just, you're just, you're going to collapse. You're going to have an emotional collapse, mental collapse, and you're going to see things become overly chaotic in your life because we were made to feed off of God's word. So it's like how you said, when you have that rhythm, it kind of puts you, because um, like we all got to deal with the flesh. You wake up in the morning, you groggy, you don't want to do anything. But because you've already been in the rhythm of doing quiet times, it becomes an obligation now. Because now you feel some type of conviction if you skip it. So you get into it kind of like, ah, I don't want to do it. But once you're into it, it feels good, you're done. And then you go out through your day and your joy is there. And it's a joy that you can't self-produce. It's a joy that comes outside of yourself. So... I would say, like, get into that rhythm. Um, that's been helping me out. Staying consistent. It's like when you're smoking cigarettes, they want to stop, but they can't because it's a habit. That's something that takes life from you. But this, this, this habit, reading the scriptures, is something that gives life to you. So it's like, it's just really helpful. I think it's interesting. You framed up scripture reading in two ways. One, something that empowers you a flourishing life. The other thing you framed it up as a way to enter into commune, a way to commune with God, to enter into a relational context. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really helpful, the second part, to think about when I go to, oftentimes I think we focus more on the first one, scripture as something that will help me be better, flourish, whatever it might be, something positive for me, which I think is really good. Mm. Um, I don't think, even for myself, as you were saying that, I don't think when I go to Scripture, I'm oftentimes looking for the story, which is great. I, lo I love the story of Scripture. I'm looking for more information. But I don't think I typically, and I'm being challenged right now, I don't think I typically go to Scripture because I feel like I'm going to my friend's house or I'm going to meet someone for ice cream or I'm, you know, going to staff meeting to talk about ministry, right? Like, I don't think about scripture as entering into a community. Um, and yet there's Father, Son, and Spirit all present and active and speaking to me through uh, scripture. So it's a really powerful vision. And I wonder, that's powerful for all of us, I wonder if it's uniquely powerful for singles in our congregation who may live, whether by themselves or with one or two people, um, and it becomes an opportunity to feel like you are being invited, because being invited is a good thing, and we're being invited to socialize, <laughs> to commune with the triune God. And I think that's a really powerful way to think about Scripture particularly maybe for singles and particularly maybe for singles in the midst of a pandemic. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's right. I think that's right. And I even reflecting on it, you know, I, 
been in pastoral ministry since 1999. So, so much of my scripture reading over the past 20 plus years has been with a view to having to teach it at some point, because I've always been in teaching roles, right? And so you, you read the scripture with you, oh, that's a good point, or I can make that point, or I could, you know, but that's, it's not, it's not quite the same thing as like, you know, like, what is God just saying to me? And I have thought, I mean, I've thought before, like, there will come a point when I will, like, lay down the teaching role if I live long enough, and I, I will never teach again. Like, and I'm still going to be reading the Bible. Like, what am I reading the Bible for? Like, what is, like, what is the point of that? And I think that this is kind of a, this is kind of a, the, um, you know, a pastor's reflection here for a moment, but I think like that that same sort of like I'm I'm not reading the Bible just to give it out, right? But I'm I'm reading the Bible to like take in like what God wants to say to me, and uh, and maybe that's the, where it begins. The third part is not only to give out or to take in, but to enter into. Yeah, be in the all, presence of. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Be in the presence of all. Like those are three pieces, maybe two scripture reading is. You want to be a blessing to others as you receive good, right? right? So the giving out. You want to receive good, so the taking in. But the entering into, I think, is a really powerful idea as I open the physical pages. Which is why I think that um, Scripture reading and prayer, just they just go, yeah. they just go <laughs> hand in hand, right? Because yeah. it's, it's not like you're just reading to get instructions about something, right? But like you're communing. So, you know, there are some... I had a number of, like, for many years, I would just read through the Bible every year. And, uh, you know, you have to kind of stay on that, and there's a pacing to it. And, you know, if you miss a day, you got to kind of catch back up and these sorts of things, right? But I found, you know, I probably did that for, like, 15 years or more. But I've found the last number of years where I don't do that anymore because I, I and I think it's great to do that, and I, I commend it to people. But I've found that, like, for me, now, like, I just want to be able to marinate a little bit in whatever I'm, whatever I'm in. You know, so not have to race, race ahead just to kind of make the chapter mark so that I can kind of get on to, uh, you know, hit my mark for the next day kind of a deal. So and there's time. Sorry, you go ahead. I was just say there's times where you get invited to something and you can't go and you feel bad. Right? You're like, oh, shoot, they invited me to something and I can't go yeah. and I feel bad. I can't go. I wish I could be there. Yeah. You know, I feel that all the time when I get invited or have to postpone something or whatever. And to have that close of a relationship with God through his word, by his spirit, that when I'm not having my scripture reading time or my quiet time, that I feel like feel that sense of like, oh man, I got invited and I didn't go. So go ahead. What are you I like that. Now? Yeah, going back to what Gerald was saying, like I was signed up for like this read the Bible in one year thing with a couple of brothers. And I was keeping up. There was the struggle of, dang, I just missed a few Chapter, so I got to go back. There. <laughs> yeah. and, but Starts to pile up on you. Yeah, it's like I got to keep going back. And what happened was I, I decided I didn't want to do that because now I'm just reading to just for the checklist. Like I did the reading. Get it done. Yeah, and it's like that wasn't relational. Yeah. It was just I'm just reading the, the, the pages. And it just, that harmed me. That did more harm. Now, that's not for everybody, though. There's other people who probably get through it, and that's cool for them. But for me, I couldn't do that. So I had to set that aside. Um, and once I, I kept the, the program, but I was able to read it, like if I'm on a train or something, I can go to it and read a chapter out of it, and I get to spend some time with it, like how you said, marinate. Um, but I was thinking of like, 
like when we think back to to Moses, like he in the mountain with God, he's in his presence, and then he comes down and he's shining. Face is glowing. And it's like the people just can't, like, man, why are you so bright? It's because he was in God's presence so long, like that glory started to extend to other people. And I feel like if you're in your quiet times consistently, it's going to help you with your kindness to other people because you're reading about God's kindness and it's just yeah. pouring into you. No, that's right. And 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 just, I mean, and you've said it, we've been saying it, but it's it's worth saying again. Like, it's not just like reading your history book. Mm-hmm. Like, I just got to read these words and then... Like that doesn't do it. It's like you, it, the goal of scripture reading is to connect with God. That's the goal of scripture reading, right? So, um, yeah, there, there's a relational component that one steps into in scripture reading, right? And and in the same way that you would with any relationship, that that's not just totally structured, right? There's there's kind of an organic sort of fluidity uh, to that. That's that's super important. You know, I mean, I wonder if in many ways, I know Becky, like you're you're saying, it's harder home family it's hard to escape you know kind of some of the rhythms of it i wonder for some singles out there it's like you you do have a bit more space perhaps um you know because you're not maybe not out as much not everyone's not in each other's places as much right maybe you're working from home so you have less commute time or something but there's some a bit more space in there to carve out some opportunities to to get some time alone with the lord just to 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 listen to speak, you know, to hear. I find journaling can be super helpful uh, as part of one's quiet time, kind of processing. Sometimes if I don't journal, my mind just goes all over the place and I'm thinking about who knows what I'm thinking about. <laughs> I should put a new end table over there in my study. You know, but, uh, you know, if you're journaling, it helps kind of keep you focused. But, um, yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, all right, I'm going to move us through forward here a little bit. Um, lots of... Uh, kind of you read it in the papers whatnot but a lot of people talking about anxiety um some depression from the isolation uh what one like have you guys experienced this has this been part of your kind of covid story and uh, what would recommendations would you have for singles who are feeling maybe in particular some of the isolations leading to anxiety or depression um i guess going back into the other question and then coming into this one uh where I would catch myself a lot of the times just being like, I have the whole day, I'm home, I'll just t- do my quiet time later because I'm already, like, I'm sure I'll have time doing it. And then, like, it'll somehow roll over to the next day and you're just like, right. yep. oops, well, <laughs> I can wait a little longer, you know? Yeah. And just, so that would just, like, add up. And then realize, I mean, so <laughs> this quarantine has been, I'm very much someone that hides my emotions. I'm not, I don't show people how I'm really feeling. Like my simple answer when people say, how are you doing is I'm so great. Like everything's great, (laughs) you know? And I, I always think that I need to have a smile on my face and like Becky's always the happy one. Like she needs, you know, how, how is she always so happy? And so like trying to live up to that and being like, I'm always happy. Like, and then like kind of on the verge of tears, but like, no, I have to show people I'm happy. Right. And being like, no, I have to be strong for everyone. And, and quarantine or COVID as a whole brought out where it's like, no, you don't, (laughs) no, I don't. Or like, um, 
just realizing that like the people in my house, my family already know who I am really. And so what am I trying to hide from them? And right. so like trying to yeah. just be like, everything's good. Leave me alone. Your primary audience in your life already knows the right. real you. So there's yeah. <laughs> and so like that just brought out like there was one night that I just go and sit at the kitchen table and I'm just like staring out in the distance and clearly my mom's just like something's wrong with Becky and she's all she had to say is what's up and I just break down and that has never happened to me before and I just didn't know like what was that yeah, what is huh. going on yeah. I like can barely breathe like what is going on I text my cousin I'm like I don't know what's happening like I think I'm sick like what if I have COVID you know all <laughs> these thoughts go through your head and then it's just after much like thought and prayer I mean going to God or even just being like God tell me what I want to hear like just say that it's you know it's just me just being whatever and realizing that I tried doing it on my own mm. I tried going through quarantine or going through these motions all on my own and trying to carry the burden kind of muscle through yeah and yeah. just being like i can i'll handle it tomorrow and so i'll just sweep it under the rug today and just realizing that <laughs> that's not possible and you know really like going to scripture and like most of the time i was like i don't want to i don't want to open my bible because i know god's going to tell me what i need to hear not what i want to hear <laughs> and so that was like a big struggle and yeah. so actually like i mean for me as terrible as it is like breaking down and you know having that made me <laughs> realize that i very much am so low and I can't I'm weak I can't do this on my own and so it's just like having that moment of realization of we need God like he's yeah. clearly not yeah. just there for no reason we're yeah. not we're not going to church every Sunday we're not you know putting all, all this effort to you know do all these things because he's not great but it's because he is and so realizing that we need him and not trying to just handle it all yeah i mean this is just the classic uh story of like everybody's life at some point right where or or it, or it should be you know where you move through life and you feel like you've kind of got it all under control and you can just kind of do your thing but at some point you come up short and then it's like you're forced to like re like come to terms with the limitations of yourself mm -hmm. and it it's in those moments that you are drawn back to the Lord in kind of a fresh, yeah. like a fresh real way. Um, I think I'm similar to Becky um, as far as like sometimes I suppress my emotions. So I don't really get like overly emotional about things. Johnny brought up like personality types. My personality type is more like self-control and yeah, a little just more be, stoic. be stoic yeah. and just move through it. Eventually I collapse under that because it's just building up. But it takes some time. Um, so an anxiety, I will look at like it's when our minds kind of blow things out of proportion, and I'm kind of conditioned to recognize that when it happens, and then just reflect on what reality really is. That it's not as bad as I think it is. So now I don't have to behave in a certain way. So I don't really deal with like I get discouraged. But I don't really deal with it. I just acknowledge it's there, and then I move past it or whatever. So I think you got two poor representatives of uh, emotional people right now. 
Uh, That's all right. I mean, it helps. <laughs> it just shows that this is real. Like yeah. we're human, I guess. And just, yeah. I mean, as simply you said, the word, like finding a word or it's just like as simple as like, you're not alone, but sometimes it will feel like you are. And this is the the beauty but the challenge of Christianity. I mean, we can say it tritely, but Christianity is relationship, not a religion. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a thing we say a lot. But but like when you are stripped of all of your regular social interactions, like that's when you start to like really see like, do I think God is like really a person that I'm like relating to that is like with me? Like that he's like he counts as like a real relation, you know, or is it is it just, is he just an idea, like a concept that's kind of like out there? And then my only relations are like my, you know, kind of relations I can tangibly see. So it, it, um, there's a need for the relationships. There's a need for God. And these, these kind of moments like really press us into the reality of what we say we believe, which is easy to say, but sometimes harder to, uh, to really um, live out and embrace. I like that question. Like, is God like a real person? Because I think when we think of uh, different relationships that we have with people, with our moms, with our parents, with friends, cousins, or whatever, like, those are still, like, tangible relationships where I can see you. Like, I'm looking at you right now, Joe, and I'm talking to you. But when it comes to, like, God, he's, he's not physically there, and you're having some type of dialogue with him. But, like, what do you compare this relationship with this invisible person to? So it's, like, it's kind of hard to navigate sometimes when you're a believer and you have this sense that he's there, but you can't see it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like you're just walking by faith, but you know you're in some type of relationship, but it's hard to classify. And when things like pandemics come around, um, how do you maintain that relationship when everything around you is like falling apart? Mm -hmm. Like how do you keep consistent with your participation in the relationship, even though you can't see this person, you can't sit down with them and just talk about like what's going on. It's, um, it's challenging and I think the believer, the follower of Christ is a unique um, person because they have to continue to move forward in this relationship that they can't see. They get a sense of it, but they can't really explain it. But you participate in this relationship through this book and you have to read this book. And it's like, this is how you get to know the person, but you're getting to know this person on his terms. Like he came up with the terms of the relationship. So it's just, I think it's just helpful to acknowledge that like we're in a unique situation as followers of Christ and how Becky was saying, like, we can't just be individuals. We have to come to the body, like the family. You have right. to be family oriented because we didn't just get saved as individuals. We got saved as family members. Yeah. And I think the, uh, you know how I like my ditches, you guys, but I think like the, uh, the two ditches you can run into would be one, like you get so fixated on like Christ is my relation that you ignore the body of Christ as the means by which Christ relates to you. Or you can say it's all about the body of Christ and you forget that it's the head of the body that is the thing that gives life to the body, right? And it's holding both of those together. And I think that there are times when it's like Christ would, would, he would say, I want you to learn to be loved by me 
through my body. Right. Like, like you, you can't just cut yourself off from people. You need to like, let me love you through people. And then there are other times I think we're like, we're so people hungry that Christ is like, no, no, like ignore the body. You gotta look at me, like look me in the eyes. Like I, let me love you, you know? And I think both of those are needed in the way that we interact with Christ. So it's kind of knowing like, what is it that you are in need of? And like, where is Christ kind of ushering you as it were to engage with him? Because both of those uh, become the means by which Christ reveals himself to us. Okay. Um, if you were going to give uh, last question, then we're going to jump to our lightning round. But if you were going to give a piece of wisdom or advice to singles right now, what would you, uh, what would you say? One piece of advice. Uh, this is not the end. I think there will, I mean, mm. this is the new normal for now, but it won't, I mean, I hope it won't be for forever. I mean, it won't be for forever. Like, yeah. we won't be stuck in this situation for the rest of our lives. All right, and if we are, it won't be... I mean, beyond our lives, we won't be. I mean, if we're focusing yeah. our relationship on Christ, we are, this is not what our end result will be. And I think just remembering that yeah. um, is something yeah. that, I mean, I still struggle with sometimes, but it's just like remembering like this is, this is not what our end result will be like. Now, sometimes you look just 10 feet in front of you and you're like, this is hopeless. But if you can look like a thousand feet or like a mile out, you see that actually it's, it's going to be okay. Yeah. That kind of a thing. So yeah. keep the long range view. That's a good word. Mm -hmm. Nigel, how about you? What would you say? Probably at this moment, take spiritual inventory. What are mm -hmm. the pros and cons of your experience during this time? Um, what are the things that you've done well? Um, and what are the things where you just kind of got off kilter and it has some consequences that you didn't really like? Um, really just figure out who you are right now as a follower of Christ and, um, really just accept God as your father and not just as the creator. Like mm -hmm. really get into this relationship with him and ask him to reveal certain things in yourself that need some improvement um, for his glory and the benefit of others. Yeah, and I think that's right because it's so easy um, or so often we can totally waste a trial, right? And so like when you have a trial like this, it's like take some inventory, you know, take a moment to just take stock of things. So I think that's that's great. That's great. Okay, lightning round. All right, Becky, first, what piece of normalcy do you miss the most? When I first saw this question, I, like, wanted to go straight to the joke of ha not having to leave my house and come back because I forgot my mask. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that can work. <laughs> That's normal. I mean, normalcy is just, like, going, being on the go. And, I mean, uh, okay, yeah. I guess, and just, like, being on the go, like, just getting to my next stop, like, knowing where I, yeah. like, but now it's just, like, wait. Can I do that? Am I allowed to do that? A lot of speed bumps. Yeah. And like barricades. Like making sure yeah. it's okay. Yeah. It's <laughs> as good. long as I'm wearing a mask, right? <laughs> Nigel, how about you? What piece of normalcy do you miss the most? Um, I really was getting into the ministry thing. Like with middle school, me and Caroline was in it. Um, I just like we were able to meet in the building, see all the kids running around playing games and stuff. So I just, so when I got into the leadership position that was taken away, it was like, dang it. Mm. I was really looking forward to that. <laughs> Just experiencing. You had to be the virtual middle school director right from the get go, which don't, don't say virtual right. Yeah, now. That's, <laughs> that's not a good word. Um, 
<laughs> Becky, what change are you most thankful for in this season? It's interesting that my change is also something that I miss in the sense of like, I'm thankful for the speed bumps. Like I'm, what I needed was to slow down. And so, I mean, as big as a pandemic that needs to happen is for me to stop is what needed to happen. And so I'm thankful that I needed, I mean, clearly I wasn't going to just do it on my own. So I needed that extra push of being stuck at home to just stop and reflect and it's good nigel how about you what change are you most thankful for in this season i mean counterintuitively i'm really thankful that this did happen um becky said that she needs to slow down i think i need to calm down mm-hmm. when everything's uh get out of my control i shake my fist at god like why did you let this happen um, I have this expectation for how I want him to behave in our relationship. And he always says no. <laughs> he so seldom does. Yeah, he does that. Yeah. Um, and it just shows me that I still have a lot of maturing to do. Um, because when things not going my way, I usually start complaining. Like that's that's my default disposition. And uh, this pandemic kind of revealed it to myself. And now I can really be in deep prayer about changes and just being more um, submitted to him regardless of what happens. That's good. And last question, and you kind of maybe have already answered this, Becky and Nigel too, but how has Jesus made himself known to you in this season? I mean, he's just made it known that I can't do it on my own. I mean, going back to what we talked about earlier, just he, he's too great for me to handle ha- like even a bit of the stuff that he is able to handle. So, yeah. That's great. Nigel, how about you? How has Jesus made himself known to you in this season? The incarnation. Um, he entered into our pain. Um, he saw that there was a problem and he could have solved it with the snap of his fingers from a distance, but he came into it to fix it from the inside out. So when I see myself going through ups and downs, I recognize that's okay because God and the person of Jesus Christ did it and he's walking me through it day by day. So that's great. It's great. Uh, each and every one of these podcasts, there's been something that has really challenge really enjoying these i hope all of you that are listening in are experiencing the same thing i am if you are not a part of our calvary family i just want to thank you for joining us in our family room as it were and listening in if you are local here and not a part of the calvary family we would love to have visit you at some point for one of our services if you are maybe a family member of someone that goes to calvary here Thank you for joining us, and I hope you have enjoyed it. If you are a part of our Calvary family, we love you. Uh, We're so thankful for you. So I hope you also could maybe take a minute, if you would, and if you have appreciated uh, our podcast series, uh, maybe give us a comment uh, or help us out by giving us a review, positive review is what we we appreciate. (laughs) Only positive. Uh, Just give us a positive review. Uh, and let us know uh, what you have enjoyed about these, these series, and um, that will help shape us how we continue uh, to do other ones. So, yeah, give us a shout-out if you have a minute in the review section. Thank you again for joining us at This Is Calvary, and we look forward to our next conversation.
just kidding. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I feel like I'm not I'm allowed ready. to laugh. Are you feeling <laughs> you laugh? Like, the joy of the Lord no. is your strength. <laughs> I just said that Nigel will be the serious one, and I'll just crack all the jokes. But he'll he'll look serious, but he'll actually be cracking jokes. Remember, it's going to go this great. This is true. As long as you don't screw it up. That's right. Don't screw you it will up. have a job at the end of this as long as you don't screw it up. <laughs> as, 